Some women may experience excessive menstrual bleeding. This sometimes could be defined as soaking a pad or tampon every two hours or less, bleeding that lasts longer than eight days, or anemia from excessive blood loss. One effective and quick recovery procedure that helps excessive menstrual bleeding is called endometrial ablation. We met with Ogden Clinic OBGYN Dr. Daniel Ferguson to talk about this procedure and its efficiency in helping women stop and reduce excessive heavy menstrual bleeding. Welcome to The Daily Diagnosis, a healthy lifestyle podcast provided by Ogden Clinic, where your prescription for health-centered conversation, stories, and advice. I'm Parker Shaw, and with the help of my team and featuring the talented providers of Ogden Clinic, you'll reach a positive prognosis for your podcast addiction by listening to The Daily Diagnosis. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. This is Parker from the marketing team. And April from the marketing team. And we are actually back with one of our providers that's been on a previous episode. This is Dr. Dan Ferguson. Dr. Ferguson, do you want to introduce yourself briefly to our audience listening? A little about where you practice, a little bit about you. Hi, I'm Dr. Ferguson. I am practicing at the Layton Hospital at the Layton Parkway. So we're really fortunate to be at a, at a beautiful location. I have been practicing about 20 years. I finished medical school in 1998 and uh, have had a uh, wonderful career. I love what I do. It's a, it's a wonderful profession. Love the relationships that come along with uh, the work that we do. That's really cool. And then you see both um, patients for obstetrics and gynecology, correct? That's right. We talked a little bit in our last podcast uh, about the obstetrical side of things, which I love doing OB. That's probably my greatest love. But, you know, as you take care of families and and as moms get a little bit older, uh, then they come to you for help with uh, changes of life and things that happen as women start to get into their late 30s and 40s. They many times start having uh, problems with uh, abnormal bleeding. So let's dig more into that today. Um, You say that you see heavy periods or um, painful periods in women later in their life. Um, Can you speak more to that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as women get older, they their eggs get older because a woman is born with all of the eggs that she'll ever have. And so as those eggs age, they're not quite as good at responding to the hormones that the brain makes to respond with the, with the normal cyclical levels of estrogen and progesterone that traditionally drive the uterine lining into making a landing pad for the baby every month. And so as, those, um, as that process ages a little bit, it's very common for women to have some abnormal bleeding patterns uh, that happen to her, uh, either as a result of, of ovulation or, or other reasons that we can go into. And so we want to be available to help women uh, manage these issues uh, so that their quality of life can be enhanced. Perfect. So one of the things we wanted to talk today about are some options for that. And one of them that we wanted to talk about specifically is one called endometrial ablation. And do you mind kind of just explaining it, breaking down what is endometrial ablation and what purpose it serves? The most commonly used endometrial ablation devices nowadays are probably the uh, Novasure, the hydrothermablation, maybe the Thermachoice balloon. I think Probably Novasure is done 
more regularly than than anything else. It has some advantages, it has some disadvantages. I would say the two that I use the most would be the the Novasure and the Hydrothermablation. The way the uh, the Novasure device works is it uses a radio frequency um, ablation, which is basically you can think of it as sort of uh, cauterizing the uh, endometrium. And it has a special mechanism that allows uh, the uh, burning to go to a specified depth, about four to five millimeters. And it can sense this based on the impedance of the energy flowing through the device. Wow. So once it reaches a certain depth, it automatically cuts off and closes the, end of the, the ablation because we don't want to burn too deep into the uterus. And we also don't want to uh, not burn deep enough. Mm -hmm. And so this device works really well for patients that have a normally shaped uh, endometrial lining. And we, the nice thing about any of these ablations is that, I should have mentioned this before, is that they're very easy to recover from. So when you have a hysterectomy, for example, it... Uh, it's, it's a major operation. And um, even if you have a minimally invasive uh, hysterectomy, meaning that you don't have to make a, a C-section type of incision in the abdomen, the recovery still can be, you know, a couple of weeks before you're back to work and maybe, right. maybe six to eight weeks before you're 100%. So this procedure is so nice because you come in, you have it done, and really, your recovery is mostly complete by the next day. Wow. Oh, so it's like it's a it's a great option. And instead of having to do that hysterectomy of having this done because it's like less less, I guess it's easier on the woman's body and easier yeah. recovery. It sounds like absolutely. So it's uh, it's very easy for a patient to to have this done. In fact, it can be done in the office even nice. under local anesthesia. I'd say most patients probably prefer to have it done in the operating room where they can go to sleep because it's a lot um, easier and, and they don't have to kind of uh, be aware of what's happening to them during right. the surgery. <laughs> but it actually can be done in the office under uh, local anesthesia and a little bit of light sedation. So um, it's, it's very easy to tolerate and uh, most patients are pretty much 100% the next day. So that's very nice. Is endometrial ablation a one-time procedure? If you have it just done once, you're, you're good? You know, that's a great question. Uh, endometrial ablation um, hopefully will just happen one time. But the younger the patients are, the more resilient the endometrium is. Mm. And so if a patient, most of the studies for endometrial ablation are women over 40. So if a patient over 40 has an endometrial ablation, um, her odds of success, um, and this is patient defined, is about 95%. Okay, that's great. Um, but they can, as you know, women um, may have, um, you know, a an ability to regenerate that endometrium. And so if that happens before they reach menopause, then sometimes they, you know, they 
have to have it done again in certain cases or go on to have hysterectomies. I would say the studies say that about 25% of patients who have uh, an ablation will end up with a hysterectomy at some point in their life. That's interesting. Um, but that means 75% yeah, won't. Yeah, it sounds like pretty good odds for And so for a procedure that is so easy to, you know, to recover from, a lot of patients are interested in that. I should point out that we, we typically don't offer uh, endometrial ablation as a first-line treatment. We kind of have to do a complete workup and make sure that we're understanding exactly what's going on before yeah. before mm-hmm. we do the ablation. So it sounds like there, there's so many potential causes that you have to make sure you're ruling out anything that could be yeah. uh, another risk. Cool. The other thing to think about is sometimes there can be some easier interventions than, than even the ablation. So, uh, for example, uh, not a lot of women in that age category want to do birth control pills, but some do, and, and sometimes that can really help, especially with patients that are having ovulatory dysfunction, we can kind of artificially run the endometrial uh, cycle and and do a lot better. Uh, Or, uh, for example, a hormone IUD can be very helpful Mm -hmm. uh, for somebody having uh, heavy bleeding. So that's something to consider. So I'm sure that women listening may be wondering if there's any risks associated with endometrial ablation. Um, does it have any risks and specifically any sort of risks associated with future fertility or pregnancy? Oh, I'm really glad you asked that question. Yes. the A lot of people have the misunderstanding that an endometrial ablation is a contraceptive procedure. <laughs> And while it certainly makes it a lot more difficult to conceive, uh, pregnancy after an ablation would not be a good idea. Uh, There have been case reports of patients getting pregnant after ablations, and they're very catastrophic pregnancies that typically are are, um, extremely painful and uh, almost universally lead to miscarriage. And so pregnancy is not appropriate after an ablation. And so we need to make sure that patients have a good contraceptive method in place prior to an an ablation. Okay. And so this would often be like, you know, either a a sterilization procedure on on one of the partners, either a vasectomy or um, a tubal procedure on the mom. Right. So uh, these are, that's a, that's a great question is that we have to make sure that we have a contraceptive in place before we do those. Perfect. And now are there any other sort of risks that might be associated with the procedure? We have to be very careful that we don't um, perforate the uterus during the procedure. You can imagine that uh, whether or not you do the um, hydrothermablation with hot water, or whether you do the Novasure procedure with the radiofrequency, if if any of that energy escapes the uterus, it would burn the bowels, mm. and that would be a catastrophe. And, and so both devices have safety mechanisms built in uh, to deactivate the device if, they're, if the integrity of the uterus is compromised. So we're very careful about that, but that certainly would be a major complication uh, if that were to happen. And so we avoid that uh, by being very careful and also um, heeding the warning uh, devices that are built into the technology. Sounds like that's some smart technology. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. So what are some, what's the reported outcome after have, having endometrial ablation? 
Good question. So if you're a woman over 40, and let's say that you have a group of 100 women in the room that have all had an endometrial ablation, and you ask them, how many of you are satisfied? Uh, now, this is not the doctor saying that you're satisfied. This is the patient saying, yes, I'm satisfied. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you say to these 100 women, raise your hand if you're satisfied with the ablation, you'll get about 95 hands going up. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, so pretty good. But I think also part of it is understanding expectations. So if you also ask that same group of women, how many of you are having zero bleeding, you're only going to get about 50 hands going up. So the other 45 women are still bleeding some, but their bleeding is so much better than it used to be yeah. mm -hmm. that they're very satisfied. And then you get about five hands going up that say that it didn't help them at all. But overall, 95% is a pretty high size. Those are pretty good odds for improved yeah. quality of life. Yeah. And I think like as like if a woman is having like lived with heavy bleeding and those complications that can come from that, I think, you know, knowing that there's an option and a solution that is easy and uh, available as it is. Um, that's, I think would give a lot of hope to a lot of women out there. So we're really glad that you've been able to kind of explain this and, um, dive into endometrial ablation. This is again, a topic that we weren't super informed about, but mm -hmm. it's really cool to know that there are options out there and that, you know, they're available to us. Well, thank you again, Dr. Ferguson, for joining us on this week's podcast. For more information on Dr. Ferguson or the OBGYNs at Ogden Clinic, visit us at ogdenclinic.com. And thanks for tuning in to The, the Daily, Daily Diagnosis. Diagnosis. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. We're so happy that you joined us today. If you would like to find more information about Ogden Clinic, our providers, or locations, visit us at ogdenclinic.com. If you're listening today from Apple Podcasts app, Make sure you leave us a review or subscribe so you can receive more information about the different episodes that we post. We love getting feedback from our audience, so those reviews are priceless to us. If you also would like to shout us out on social media, our Instagram handle is at Ogden Clinic. You can also send us a DM if there's a topic that you would like our providers to cover, and we really look forward to hearing from you. We post episodes weekly, so tune in next week, and we can't wait to be with you again. Have a great week.